We're recording. Welcome to Gotham Bougie. Was it re- she wasn't ready. <laughs> you said, are you ready? Welcome to Gotham Bougie. Welcome to Gotham Bougie's podcast. Um, thanks, guys, for sticking with us. What happened? What oh, happened was. Episode 47. What happened serial, What happened was. <laughs> Hopefully you guys enjoyed the last two shit shows that we had. Go Gadget Arts. <laughs> I guess it. I could get over <laughs> Okay, I got it. Never mind. Oh. Sorry, everybody. We are sitting in front of this beautiful lake today. Yes. So, um, new, so this week we're back from New Orleans to so settle back in. Actually, my husband and I are going back tomorrow, which will be yesterday for everyone our regular listeners who listen, because this will release on Friday. Yes. And he and I will have been there already for a day, um, for our anniversary because. We love I'm kind it. of jealous. Well, g- going there with you just made me think about going there with I him. Know, and no. then well, we talked about like, it when we were there. I'm like, you just need to come here with Yeah, Robert. we had no really big plans, and so we're like, let's just go. Why not? So, But we've officially moved back to our, our RV yes. in the middle of Redneckville. So, <laughs> did you see? I shared. Uh, I share uh, something. I don't share uh, everything to uh, like my public social medias, but I, I got saw lots I, of interesting I got things. A sense <laughs> we were driving down the country road one day, and there was a man driving down it. Like he looked like he was on one of those little kids Tonka truck things. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. With somebody Stop else it. and carrying a baby, and, and I took a picture of it and I post. I sent it to my family. I said, "What in the, what in the redneck country name?" Now, Quinlan, it's happening here. Yes, it's Quinlan. If you're in Quinlan and you're listening to this, then you know. Mm. And now you know. So, what's happening with you, Mel? Um, just working all the time. I celebrate David's birthday. He's 14. Oh, that's crazy. My oldest is being a big girl, moving to her own apartment. Um, yeah, so I'm going to see Caitlin this weekend. Are y'all going to do an official paranormal investigation? In her apartment, she has a ghost mm-hmm. that changes the lights and stuff. I sent you the video. Mm-hmm. She said they're becoming friends now because she leaves it on blue or green. Okay. Likes col- whatever colors you like. Blue well, is a positive color in general. Yeah. No, I mean, he's definitely, whatever it is, is not. Like, if you see he, a blue like, orb, it's positive. It's definitely not, whatever's going on in her apartment, not mean or being, mm-hmm. you know, evil. Yet. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, just very mischievous and. What's going on? So, oh, As squirrels. I say that, the wind squirrels. blows. Yeah. Um, you know, she's very, she's just, I don't know, it's going to be fun. Like, we have nothing planned. Um, she, they went to the grocery store today to buy food. We're going to cook these hamburger bombs. Look, I'll send you the recipe. It looks so delicious. Just stuffed with cheese, maybe? Uh, it's got hamburger. You mix the hamburger meat with a bunch of stuff. I'll send you the recipe. Okay, send me the recipe. so damn good. So they're going today to get that. We're going to cook Saturday night. Her boyfriend's going to go, too. I'm just going to sleep on the couch downstairs. Because it's Fantastic. just most likely me, so... That sounds so, fun. Yeah. We'll talk more about... Yeah. Man, it so. really sucks that you're not going to have... Because we're going to record the paranormal episode next. Because we could talk more about that. I know. In the next paranormal episode. Let me take a drink of my tea. Well, maybe I'll do a live video while we're doing it. <sighs> and post it on our page. That's a great idea, huh? Mm, that is a great idea. I think that's a great idea. We're going to go to um, Muriel's in Jackson Square at the... Um, recommendation of one I of our listeners, <laughs> Courtney. Thank you so much for recommending yes. that. Um, I've passed it a million times. It's, it, it is kind of pricey, but it's our anniversary weekend, so why the hell not? No, right? I think that's a special time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
So, this is my serial killer week. Let me pop I my can't gum. wait to celebrate an anniversary with somebody soon. Aww. Anytime. We can have Anybody. an anniversary. Anybody. When did we go to band camp in 1990? <laughs> <laughs> band camp would have started at the beginning of August of 1990. I remember you always went early before oh, we did, school yeah. started. And it was fucking hot. Well, I don't want to have any type of anniversary in July because that's just a horrible Shit. time of year. Yeah. Yeah. Someday I'll have that significant other again to have an anniversary with. It's I think okay. that's why I've been feeling kind of just... Blah. Yeah. Missing that. Somewhat. Hmm. Yes. I think that you need to be by yourself. I I miss other things just besides being... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get that. I get it. <laughs> not enjoying being by myself. That's not it. I just miss other <laughs> it's too things. much a long time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very well acquainted with yourself. Yes. Very much so. Very well acquainted. Mel is very well acquainted with Mel. I've been very well acquainted with myself for three years, it seems like. It's time. Ta- it's time. I'm ready for a serious, serious relationship. I'm ready. So. Are you? I am ready. Yes. I, I know I am. Since the other one left, I feel so at peace since that happened with mm-hmm. the child and him. Like, I met his new girlfriend. Super nice. I think it need that relationship needed to end. And we're talking about Mel's ex-husband and the his child. mistress, yes. whom was very, very young, and we called her the child because that's what best friends do. We make fun of people. Um, but because that relationship ended, it almost like was closure for you too. Yes. It was like a huge weight of my shoulders. It was like an open wound the whole yes, time. Yes, it was. And it was so hard. I so now it can stab over. Her. I still had to see whatever, do whatever. The new girlfriend, mm-hmm. super nice. Love her to death. Um, they actually posted their relationship on Facebook, and mm. I posted the little GIF. This is I. I. I what is it? It's a little Asian guy from. I'm still on the GIF bandwagon, so go ahead. GIF. Yeah. On the GIF. <laughs> um, of, he's like, I'll allow it. He's got like, I'll allow it. It's the Asian guy. Oh my gosh! Crazy. You put that? Yes, I put that. So Casey's very nice. So I'm very. very she came out and talked to me on a video David the other day. Oh, she's so nice. I I like her a lot. She likes David. She's very positive. It's a really good thing for Brian and for David. That's awesome. So, yeah. That's maturity. So I feel very good about it. So I, I'm ready. I think I think it definitely helps that it's not the person that they had the affair with because uh, I think yes. that definitely makes things worse when that happens. Um, speaking of like, I was talking to somebody else. I don't remember. Not you. I do talk to other people other than you, but not like, <laughs> rarely um, about like. So like my husband's ex-wife. I love, you told I love me. her to death. I you love her. I'm me. like, I love her so much. And I don't know if that's normal. Does anybody else out there love their husband's um, ex-wife as much as I, I love I feel like mine? I'm going to be that way with his new girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I feel like I could go hang out with her. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah, I mean, she's super yeah. cool. I mean, they got, they, I don't, I don't think my husband and her would like hang out as friends. Right. They, they got history, but it's like nothing's ever been done to me. That's, and actually their history is what put me in my situation to where I am in. So I'm right. I'm like that that built and they have a fantastic kids and Yeah. No. Like why would I hate her? She well they awesome. won't ever have kids because Brian Yeah. Got well this fixed, Yeah, but, I mean. but this was yeah, this was a <laughs> right, right, right. this was an older relationship. So but yeah. And his uh, he has two ex wives. Well he has Yeah, two. I don't remember how many he's been <laughs> Yeah, we all have that kind of stuff in <laughs> our lives. Think, but, like, there's one that I've, I've never met. I think it was a very... He just sent me his soulmate yeah. yet. That's why. Yes, that's you. true. That's true. Um, what are you yeah, I like for? all of them. <laughs> I, I, like, I like her. I like his first one that he had his oldest daughter with. Um, 
I, th- I don't know if that comes with maturity. It's uh, To me, I'm like, we as women, we need to be lifting up, up other women. Mm-hmm. We need to stop being catty. We need to stop making everything a competition. It's not. It's not about that. Now, if they, if they set the tone for that, well, by all means, we're going to fucking decapitate you with our words. But, um. Uh, yes. <laughs> Just that one person, I will always yeah. do that to you. Mm-hmm. Just that one person, but yeah. Yeah. No. It's, it's all good. It's all good. I am fan-fucking-tastic. I'm I'm just exhausted. I'm ready to be in New Orleans uh, again. I feel like I haven't caught up from our New Orleans trip. Like I feel like I've been mm-hmm. running since the moment we got home. And I, I, I you feel, feel that way yes, too. Yes, yes. And I feel like now it's it was all a build up to you and I going to New Orleans, and then my move, and then now it's like okay, once once we get back from this trip to New Orleans, it'll all settle down. But then there's the Halloween, and then now I'm telling myself once the election is over, everything will settle down. So I'm like, I don't. I keep telling myself it's whatever the next big thing is, everything will settle down. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's all crazy. 2020. Well, I saw mm-hmm. something that said, um, imagine like New Year's Eve of 2020, and like New Year's Eve, we ring New Year's Eve in, and then all of a sudden you hear round two. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> or, you see, or, or you see the freaking sky open up and a giant spaceship or asteroid coming straight the dragon to the comes earth. flying to us. That would be fitting. That would be very fitting. I mean, it's just been a crazy year. Yeah. Like, seems like last year, like 2019, was like years ago, decades ago. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like it was last year. To, I mean, for me, 2020 has just been, it's gone by very fast. It hasn't affected Mm-mm. our family too much. I know, I know it's affected a lot of people's lives. I mean, just incredibly devastated mm-hmm. some lives. But for, for us, it's just kind of passing a time warp, like a bubble. It's like, oh my gosh, we're already almost end of October. I was in a central work. I hope so. next year it goes a little slower. I mean, I mean, it just seems, seems to have dragged because like we were not able to go out and do the stuff that we used to do. But then again, it's like, wow, gosh, nothing's happened. Yeah. I'm just ready for Halloween. Yeah, but Going what are you going to do for Halloween? We're doing trick-or-treating in our neighborhood. I'm passing out candy. So there are people actually going to go walking around? Uh-huh. Yeah. Even, okay. We have we have a neighborhood um, You're passing out candy. Oh, yeah. I mean, my kids are... Because a lot of people with young... Uh, I know people with young children, they're recommending them not to nope, go trick-or-treat or take candy. They're all going trick-or-treating. We have, we have a neighborhood association... And we have it listed in there, all the houses that are passing out candy, and everyone's like, is it your kids going? Yes, our kids are going. I feel like this year it's going to be, we're going to have a lot, we always have a ton of kids, but mm-hmm. I feel like this year we're going to have more, because they're not doing trunk or treats. They're mm-hmm. not doing any of that extra stuff at the churches. So yeah. it's like back to Those old school activities. trick-or-treating, mm-hmm. how it used to be when we were little and go house to house. Right. I feel like it's going to be back to that this year. I think we're going to go out somewhere. Well, this is Dancing just early, so... Are you guys going to... I don't know if we're going to go to that one place that... Um, I don't know what they're calling it right now. I don't know if it's still called Protocol or something else. But I don't know if we're going to go there on Halloween night. Um, or what? I don't know. I know the church is open um, oh. Sunday. But I, I don't know if they're doing a special event for a Halloween night or not. I need to look into that. It's all been after after New Orleans. Don't look behind you. Yes. There's a giant wasp. Oh, that doesn't bother me. Okay. That don't bother me. Bugs just, don't bother me. It's just a crawling thing? Spiders don't bother me. Okay. It's just snakes okay now if you see a fucking snake like you did in fucking new orleans you didn't <laughs> did, tell me I didn't about it tell you <gasps> it was gone before you would have seen it oh my god y'all it was horrible who are you gonna color john wingies so um as Don't our episode of our new um patreon tiers yes one of them is um i believe it's god i don't even fucking remember the 20 dollar level you has act- everybody switched over 
I need. To, I was going to send that out tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, because when I'm working from home tomorrow, waiting for my flight, I'm going to be okay. checking on our Patreon. Um, but the twenty dollar level is a serial the serial killer cook, cookbook. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we talk. <laughs> It could be a cookbook. We're not. We're not. We're not telling story. you to cook. Pa- well, wait till you hear my story. I'm not story telling you to cook. Listen, I was gonna say I'm not telling you to cook patients. I've been at work too long. <laughs> not today. Not telling you to cook people, but not you today. know, I work for doctors. But, so I'm like patients. You know, cook patients. Um, so the twenty dollar level, level is the serial killer coloring yes. book that we color from. You're gonna get your own copy of it and a pack of old school crayons. I actually got crayons instead of matte pencils because I'm like, yeah, I like crayons. But in that, it's going to be one color page that each of us color as well and sign and send to you. So that you, when you're listening to us, if you're in a place that you can color with cunts, then you can get out your coloring book and color. Um, but we've released all Last new tiers. Pull out your coloring with cunts coloring book. I should get one. I should book. get one printed up that says coloring with cunts. I bet Lori could do that for I'm us. I'm sure that I'm sure she could. Yes. Um, but yes, we've restructured all of our Patreon tiers so that we have lots of exclusive welcome gifts for everyone who joins. And if you join by November 1st, it is not too late, then you would also get one of our signed postcards from New Orleans. And I want to say welcome to everybody that's listening for the first time. Yes, like, welcome. You got, we had more listens. Like, it's only Wednesday. We're recording on Wednesday now. So we have, so Tuesday. We have more listens now than we've ever had. Mm-hmm. For the first time listening, like for the week, mm-hmm. before a new episode releases. Yeah. We were talking about earlier. It's so cool. Like, we appreciate it, guys. We really want to so, make it big. Y'all have no idea. I don't care if we make it big. I know that's your dream. I hate to say that. That's not true. If it happens, it happens. I'm all about if it happens, it happens. I do it as long as it is fun. If it ever becomes not fun, I'm not doing it anymore. You're always doing it with me. It's always going to be if fun. It's, oh, look. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lick the back of my gummy bear and stick it on my shirt. I was going to do that, too. I did it. <laughs> Mel brought me gummy bears. They're my favorite candy ever. Look, <laughs> we, we, when are we ever not going to have fun together? Come That's on true. now. I mean, like, if it becomes, like, too much work or people are assholes. Well, people are always assholes, but I can handle I don't the know. assholes. It is what it is. So, yes, episode 47, and it is my serial killer episode. <clears throat> so let's get into it, shall we? <clears throat> Let me... <clears throat> me Let me, me clear my me, throat. Me, me, me. <clears throat> Why is it spicy? <clears throat> Why is it spicy? So, my serial killer does not meet the formal definition of serial killer. And I'm going to give that disclaimer right now. But they're not... Equal opportunity killer? No, he was not. Uh-huh. But, the, I think the strict definition is you had to have killed three or more. But right. But some people were caught before they were able to right, kill three right, people. Right, right. Or they, they did their crimes before the term came about. So, I'm going to be loose with my definition of serial killer. Especially since I'm not really covering true crime epi- um, episodes and you are. Oh, you're going to um, be loose. I'm going to be loose with my definition of serial killer. Because I don't believe <laughs> this man is defined as a serial killer. Okay. But um, he would have been had he not been caught. He would okay. have ended so up killing like, someone else. all the signs of a Yes. Oh, yeah. If he only... He, he had two victims that he killed. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he would have killed more had he not been caught. <clears throat> so, the basis of me picking this person as my serial killer was... My husband introduced me to a band called Skinned, S-K-Y-N-D. Right. And you've got to listen to some of 
all of their music. It's a woman. Oh, it's got the most beautiful voice ever. That's what you were telling me about when we were in New Orleans. Yes. Okay. And she has two other bandmates, but all of their music is based around true crime and mysterious type of stories. And all of their song, <clears throat> songs are called whatever the the story is. So they have one called Jim Jones. They have one called Columbine. They have one called Alyssa Lamb. Um, they have one in, called, um, and this one in... This one time? Th- this one is, their song is, was is called God I can't fucking talk. I'm noticing fa, fa, that. Fa, 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 fa. I'm having trouble with a fa fa pause. A fa a fa fa fa. <laughs> <laughs> a fa fa Gary Heidnick. And I That's hope I keep name? saying his name correctly. Yes, Heidnick. H e i d n i k n i k. H i d e h. No, start that over. H e i d h e i d n i k. N-I-K. Gary Heidnick. J-G-J. G-A-R-Y? Yes. Welcome to the shit show. <laughs> Gary. Much like a gif is a gif, not a jif. You don't say His name is not Jerry. It's Gary. Yeah, but the guh. It's jif. <laughs> it's not Jerry, though. This is Gary. You're right. In the debate. Wait, Jerry's on. J-E-R-Y. Um, so, I had never heard of this man, surprisingly. But, this song... Uh, also features Jonathan Davis from Corn. It's a really, really cool song. Anybody? Right, I like Corn. Oh, I dropped my gummy bear. Come back here. Come back here. Oh, God, you would like that song. <clears throat> anyway. Okay, go ahead. He is also, Gary Heidnick is also the basis of Buffalo Bill from The Silence of the Lambs. Actually, he's one of six murderers that he based that story on. Um, and he I've was also, he's been, he's also, uh, Criminal Minds episode was based on him. Several different things have been based on him, but I, I can't believe I had never heard of him until I watched this video, the Gary, it's called Gary Heidnick by Skinned, and it just gets stuck in my head. I love it. I want to listen to it now. Um, so he was born in November 22nd, 1943 mm-hmm. <clears throat> in East Lake, Ohio. And that, I believe the statistic used to be that that's where the nation's most serial killers derived from was Ohio. I mean, it's a very. If you're listening from Ohio, I'm sorry, but like, there ain't there's nothing not else to much do. out there. Right? Like, it's mostly farming, isn't it? I gotta spit out my gum so I can eat my last gummy bear. Is it mostly a farming community? Fuck, I don't know. I don't know. You don't really hear. Any I'm music. sorry if you live in Ohio. Come, email us. Tell us what to, what the hell you do in Ohio and why so many people kill people in Ohio. Energypodcast@gmail.com. Right? Hold on, I gotta spit out my gum. I'm very um disconnected today. Okay. That's how I've been all As week. I said, I'm he was you. one of six real-life murderers upon whom the author Thomas Harris based James Buffalo Bill Gum on um, in the book, The Silence of the Lambs, which later became a blockbuster movie, which was very fantastic. Had the lambs stop screaming at Chloe's. Put the lotion in the his parents were Michael and Ellen Heidnick, and he was raised in the East Lake suburb of, of Cleveland, Ohio. He had a younger brother named Terry, and his parents divorced in 1946. The children were then raised by their mother for about four years, but because his mother was a raging alcoholic, they then went to live with their father and his new wife. Oh, she wasn't a, just an alcoholic. <laughs> she was a raging she was a alcoholic. Raging alcoholic. I added that little. Okay. <laughs> Um, Gary would later claim that he was often emotionally abused by his father, um, <clears throat> and both he and his brother hated their stepmother, but their father always sided with her when it came to conflict. So it, if they had a fight, it was always she won out over them, which I imagine caused quite a bit of tension. 
So Gary's father would punish him severely for wetting the bed, which is a problem that he had, and he would hang the um, stained sheets by his bedroom window for everyone to see, like out Aww, his window. That's horrible. That is abuse. That is abuse, absolutely. Um, sometimes he even dangled him out the window, what? shaking him by the ankles. I have to chew up my gummy bear. Okay. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Let's wait for Bella to chew up her gummy bear. And swallow. I oh. swallow I'll swallow gummy bears. <laughs> our last episode, you put spit or swallow. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's why I got so many listens. Well, you spit, I swallow, so it means... <laughs> <laughs> there's some... There's some... There's some term for, like, spitting. It's, oh, God, snowballing. Look what it is... up. Write that down. Snowballing. <laughs> snowballing. <laughs> okay, I'm going to have to... <laughs> I'm going to look that up in Urban Dictionary here in just a second. Okay, anyway, sometimes he would even dangle him out the window, shaking him by the ankles. While he was still a child, Gary fell from a tree and smashed his skull and suffered from a misshapen cranium. And that's part of... frontal lobe. No, his, like his skull. Skull, yeah. right. That's and a, that's part of what is believed to have caused some of his behavioral aberrations. They're not, I mean, not like anyone studied his brain, but they think that might have had some aberrations. Aberration is the real word, not abortionist. No, not abortionist. Okay. Aberration. <laughs> um, and his schoolmates actually called him football head because of it. Aww. I know he was, he was, he was made fun of. At school, he did not interact with his fellow students very well. Of course, he was very reclusive and introverted, and he would refuse to make eye contact. And one of the stories is that when a well-meaning new female student had asked him, did you get the homework done, Gary? He yelled at her and told her that she was not worthy enough to talk to him. Oh. That's going to be my new thing when people people come up and talk to me. You're not worthy enough to talk to me. Goodbye. You're You're not worthy enough. That's a great line. You're not worthy enough. Um, he was intelligent. He, at one point, scored a 148 on his IQ test. That's, like, genius wow, level. right. Yeah. But he never felt a sense of belonging in the small Ohio town that he grew up in, which, you know, we hear that a lot. And if anyone can hear that background noise, it's my AC and my RBM. Sorry. Um, with the encouragement of his father... When he was 14 years old, he enrolled at the now-since-closed Staunton Military Academy in Staunton, Virginia, for two years, and but he left before graduation. So he went to military school. Yeah, he went to military school. i got to make sure my dog doesn't run off the fucking porch. Jasper! Jasper! Jasper, Jasper where's your chicken? Come here. Fucking Get your chicken. Ass dog. Come here. Get your chicken. Come okay. sit the fuck down. Turkey. I need to put him inside. Well, I will when we go on break. Anyway, so um, he left before graduation. So after another period in public high school, he actually ended up dropping out and joining the Army when he was 17. Oh, come here, fat dog. Oh, my God. During basic training, his drill sergeant actually graded him as excellent. And following the basic training, he applied for several specialist positions, including the military police, but he was rejected. He was sent to San Antonio, Texas to be trained as a medic, and he did well through medical training, but he did not stay in San Antonio very long, and he ended up being transferred to the 46th Army Surgical Hospital in West Germany. <clears throat> so within weeks of his posting in Germany, he did earn his GED, so he, it seemed like he was trying to better himself. But he was in the Army without a GED? Yeah, back then you didn't have to. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now you do. Yes, okay. now you do. Um, but then... in 1962, he began to complain of severe headaches. 
uh, dizziness, blurred vision, and nausea. A hospital neurologist diagnosed him with gastroenteritis and noted that he also displayed symptoms of mental illness. For which he prescribed stelazine. I don't know. It's so his tri- stomach hurt and he felt I mean his he felt dizzy. And That's the army hurt, for you, man. And they said he had mental illness. Oh, if if there are any veterans listening, that's the army for you, ain't it? Yep. They just they just make up whatever the fuck they want to. Hold on, I gotta put this dog here. Go. Will you put him inside? Yeah, I'll go put him uh, inside. Uh, Is he gonna growl uh, at me? Uh, oh, probably. Come here, Jasper. He's so fat. Wait, wait, wait. Yesterday was his birthday. He's not growling. He was 11. I'm going to continue. Okay, you continue. Continue. Just throw him. In, just throw him. Like, punt him. Like, kick him. Don't kick my buddy. Um, just drop him right there. <laughs> Thanks, Nell. So in October um, 1962, he actually ended up being transferred to the military hospital in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and he was diagnosed then with schizoid personality disorder, and he was honorably discharged like from schizophrenia? the... schizophrenia? Yes. Schizoid personality <clears throat> I don't know if it's schizophrenia. You've never heard the first schizoid Yeah, I know, and all these terms, they change over time, you know, so I don't, I'm not certain. There's a link I can click on to go read more about no, that, no, but decided fine. not to. And he was honorably discharged from the mil- from um, the military, and he did get full disability pension from it too. Um, so shortly after his discharge in 1964, he started taking nursing classes in Philadelphia, completing them a year later, and he became a licensed practical practical nurse, which is now it's like called an LVN, right? Licensed vocational nurse. A little bit step up from an RN. Step down from an RN. Oh, LVN, yes. So yes. It's LVN then RN. Correct. Right. I'm thinking nurse practitioner. <coughs> a nurse practitioner is a step up. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely. What I'm thinking. Um, he received an internship at the Philadelphia General Hospital, and then in 1967, he purchased a three-story house and started frequently the, frequenting the Elwin Institute, which was a house for the developmentally disabled. He would like, go visit. He wasn't there as a patient. He would go visit. But he didn't know anybody there. Not that I can see. Not that I've seen. He didn't work there. Mm, no. Um, he also enrolled at the University of Pennsylvania. He dropped out a semester later. He worked at the Veterans Administration Hospital in Coatesville, but he was fired for poor attendance and rude behavior towards patients. It's a lot of people at the VA. From August 1962 until his arrest, he finally was arrested in 1987, he spent time in and out of psychiatric hospitals, and he attempted suicide at least 13 times. Oh. In 1970, his mother, Ellen, who had been diagnosed with bone cancer and was suffering the effects of that and alcoholism and cirrhosis and all of that. She committed suicide by drinking mercuric chloride. Ooh. I looked this up and probably it would have been a very horrible yeah, death. Yeah, probably yes. melted her inside yes. and burned her. And his brother Terry also spent some time in mental institutions and attempted suicide many times. So definitely a history of mental illness. Doesn't excuse his what he did, but right. I mean, we always see that there's... Which is why getting help early on for mental illness is so, um, so important. Right. So, one of his early crimes was in 1976, and he was charged with aggravated assault and carrying an unlicensed pistol after he shot the tenant of a house that he was offering for rent, grazing him in the face. Wow. Um, there was nothing else after that uh, in regards to that case, just that he shot him in the face. Um, he ended up having a child with a woman named Gail Linco, a son that he named Gary Jr., but that child was placed in foster care soon after he was born. He also had another child with a woman named Anjanette Davidson, and she was illiterate and mentally disabled. 
their yes um their daughter maxine davidson was born on march 16 1978 and she was immediately placed in foster care as well and then in 1978 he signed out this is what's interesting in 1978, uh-huh. he signed out the sister of his then-girlfriend, Anjanette Davidson. Okay. okay. Her name, his sister's name was Alberta. He signed her out from a mental institution on day leave and proceeded to imprison her in a locked storage room in his basement. After she was found and returned to the hospital, the examination revealed that she had been raped and sodomized and that she had contracted gonorrhea. He was arrested and charged with kidnapping, rape, unlawful restraint, false imprisonment, involuntary deviant sexual intercourse, and interfering with the custody of a committed person. So that, um, you would think, would tell you right away what kind of a psycho he is. But um, Taking a little look at the time to see. It's not, I, We're at 28 minutes. Yeah. So I'm going to go a little bit further before I take a break because it's some good content. So that original sentence was overturned on appeal, and he spent three years of his incarceration in a mental institution prior to being released in April 1983 under the supervision of a state-sanctioned mental health program. So after that, he used a matrimonial service to meet his future wife. I don't know. So him and the girlfriend just had a kid together. Yes, and and the him and that girlfriend and Jeanette had a kid together, and the and the kid was taken away, and then he went and signed uh, out, basically sister. kidnapped her sister, right? Okay, and raped and and tortured right. her, and okay. then yeah, I'm on the same. yeah. <clears throat> so after all that happened, he used the matrimonial service to meet his future wife from the Philippines. And I don't know if maybe so it was, mail order bread. Yeah, maybe it was like FilipinoWife.com or something. <laughs> no, 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 that was before the internet. Yeah, it was a matrimonial service, quote, service. Hmm. Um, He corresponded with her for two years before he proposed to her. Her name was Betty Disto, and she arrived from the Philippines in September 1985, and she married him in Maryland um, on October 3rd, 1985. But, as you can probably guess, the marriage rapidly deteriorated after she found him in bed with three other women. Three women? Three women. At the same time? Yep. And throughout the course of their brief marriage, he forced her to watch Damn. him have sex with other women. He was pimping. Yes. He forced, he forced her to watch him have sex with other women, and he also repeatedly raped and assaulted her. So, Aww. with some help from the Filipino community, she was able to leave him. Um, and unknown to him at the time, she had, was pregnant and ended up giving birth to a baby, and he didn't even know it until she um, pursued him for child support payments. Um, after his wife left him, he then was arrested for assault, indecent assault, spousal rape, and involuntary deviant sexual intercourse again. So this is the second time he was charged right. with all this shit. And um, that's it. Just okay. Slap on the wrist. You can go now. Bye-bye. Yeah, but sometimes that's all that happens. Yes. And I think this now is a good place for a break because then we will get into his um, series of abductions, rapes, and murder uh, starting in 1986 after the break and we He's still brutal. need to record the new goddamn ad yes after new orleans okay okay <laughs> after new orleans we said the last thing after new well orleans. you know what you should become a patron then you wouldn't even have to listen to it ah that's true you don't have to listen yep. to the fucking ad yep that's your right. fault you're not a patron on patreon that, that is your okay. fault okay stay tuned stay break tuned. a break break a break Welcome back. Welcome Thank you back. for listening to that outdated ad, and um, you should go join Patreon, and then you don't have to 
do that shit anymore. Patreon, whatever. <laughs> so, getting back to my friend Gary Heidnick. Motherfucker. This dude was He's fucked up. M- motherfucker was fucked up. Just wait till you hear some of the shit. Just wait. Just wait. And then there's more. If you order now. <laughs> <laughs> he will commit. Dun, dun, dun. Murder. So, <laughs> murder. Oh, wait. I lost my place. God damn it. There it is. So, he actually began his series of abduction, abductions and rapes in 1986. Um, later, he would tell that he was trying to create a, a harem of sex slaves. Um, that didn't work out so well for him, though. On November 25th, Heidnick picked up Josefina Rivera, mm-hmm. who is a part-time African-American prostitute. She's a part-time. Yeah, She's part-time, part-time. African-American. <laughs> oh, so you said a part-time African-American I know, when I, when I read it, I thought the same thing. So was she part-time African-American or, part-time was, she, or was she part-time like, prostitute? I'm confused. <laughs> was she half and half? I didn't I know, I thought that too when I read that, but... She was part-time Caucasian, part-time I guess she was supporting her med school dreams or something, I don't know. Um, So yes, Josefina Rivera. Which was part-time. She was a part-time prostitute, and he took her to his house. Um, After having sex with her, he choked her into unconsciousness, and my dad is walking up. We are going to have to pause for a moment. He can talk. Continue, continue on. Continue on. Um... After having... No, because I'm getting into the story and he's about to walk up. Oh, I just had deja vu. Hello, Dad. Ooh, wow. Hello, Dad. Let's take a quick Let's take a quick break. Sorry, guys. Okay, thanks, guys. Sorry about that. My dad uh, lives here as well and he just popped in for a visit. So he's just going to sit here and listen to the rest of the story. Quick recap for my dad really quickly. I'm talking about Gary Heidnick. Um, he was a murderer. I, I, I'm I using him as a serial killer, but he wasn't technically a serial oh, no, killer. He owes me money. God. <laughs> but he's he is one of the six murderers that the author of Silence of the Lambs based Buffalo Bill on. Okay. Okay. So, um, where was I? Yes. So, on November 25th, 1986, Gary Heidnick picked up Josefina Rivera. The part-time African-American prostitute. She was a part-time African-American prostitute. So the other time, I guess she was a part-time Caucasian prostitute. Okay, we don't know. And took her to his house. Um, After having sex with her, he choked her into unconsciousness before chaining her up in his basement. I tried to get Joe to choke me into unconsciousness in Saints and Sinners, but he didn't like like (laughs) it. I don't know if he made her put lotion on her skin, though. I don't know that it would have been good, though. Um, he choked her into consciousness, chained her up in his basement. He then forced her to help dig a pit in his basement and then put her in the pit. So he made her help dig the pit that he put her into. Which on Silence of Lambs, he puts her in a pit. Like in a well, yeah, in, in his basement. Makes sense. He then covered it with a weighted board, and if she tried to escape or misbehave, um, he would then subject her to harsh treatment and torture. Um, he would later get her to actually help him... Uh, inflict pain on the other women that he would abduct, and she became kind of like the boss of the other women. It's uh, total so Stockholm syndrome. Stockholm syndrome. Yes, yeah. total Stockholm mm-hmm. syndrome. I mean, she was, she had to survive herself. Right, right. So, um, so then on <clears throat> December third, nineteen eighty six, so a few months, not even a month later, he then abducted a woman named Sandra Lindsay, who was mentally disabled, and uh, he had actually met her before and gotten her pregnant. And she had an abortion. Disabled person? Yes. And she had an abortion. And that pissed him off. So that might have been why he then targeted her. Because he was pissed off about that. All of that. 
So at this point in time, now he has two women in his basement pit that he's trying to keep as sex slaves, a harem of sex slaves. He would, so even though she was helping him, he still put her in. She didn't help him yet at uh, she wasn't. She didn't give, get much freedom at this point okay, because okay. it was just her, and and then and it was still early on in the um, abduct, abductions. Got it. Um, so he would feed them women irregularly. So sometimes they got meals, sometimes they didn't. He would keep them naked and half naked, and of course raped and tortured them repeatedly. Mm. On December twenty third, he then also brought nineteen year old Lisa Thomas over to his home, <clears throat> and this is how he got most of the women. He invited them over. He drugged them. He made them unconscious in whatever way and then they woke up in this pit in his basement um he also drugged her and put her in the basement as well with the other women she was 19 years old she was young yeah so now he has three women all within not even a month started on December, november 25th and now we are december 23rd he's got three women um, then a week later on January 2nd, 1987, he then abducted Deborah Dudley. Um, and during her, while she was held captive, she would actually try to defend herself more than the other women. And she was beaten and put in the pit more often. The women were allowed out of the pit at times and just in the basement. He kept the basement mm-hmm. um, locked up and they were allowed out of the pit. But she was, I, ha- I have a feeling this is like the way I would be. She was more feisty. She yeah, that's definitely yeah, how I would Yeah, um, So he would uh, subject her to more serious uh, bouts of torture and rape because she was more resistant to him. Right. <clears throat> so after Deborah Dudley's abduction, he further humiliated the four women by forcing them to have sex with each other. Which in Silence of the Lambs is how the, the senator's daughter is. That was Yeah, kidnapped. she's more feisty. Yeah. Right, right, right. So, um, just to further degrade and, and uh, humiliate them, he forced them to perform sexual acts on each other while he watched. Um, and, of course, sexual acts with him uh, while he raped them. On What are you pointing at, Dad? I want to get on her leg. What? Spider. Oh, Lord. Our spiders don't bother me. I thought there was a snake and I was about to. But, yeah, she don't, she's already said she didn't clear. Um, <laughs> uh, fuck, where was I? Um, you were talking about uh, oh he's making he made them have sex with each other, yes. and um, while he watched and tortured them and and made each of them help in the torture of of the other other women, God. and this is the point in time that uh, Josefina became more of the boss. She would get more freedoms than the other women. So on January eighteenth, he then abducted an additional woman by the name of Jacqueline Askins. And on one day, in between all the rapes and torture, the women were being allowed to watch television. A, a, a rare privilege. And since they only would get one meal a day, if they were lucky, the women saw a dog food commercial on TV. And one of them said something about the dog food looking good enough to eat. And it enraged him. That pissed him off to no end. And he, it like stuck in his mind about the dog food. And this is key to one of the, and the, and the song, if you listen to the song, it's the dog food. So, um, on February 7th, he got really pissed off with Sandra, the mentally disabled one for nobody knows why. None of the women could testify as to why he got so pissed off at her. And he punished her by hanging her by one of her wrists from a roof beam for two days mm. um, and then repeatedly tortured and raped her and beat her. And she ended up developing a high fever and died the next morning. He then took her body upstairs and he forced Josefina to help him dismember the body mm. with a power saw. 
He put her head into a cooking pot, but he had some problems dealing with the arms and legs. Yeah, so he had problems dealing with the arms and legs. This came out later, and so he just labeled them and put them in the freezer and marked them dog food. Mm. He then cooked her torso and her ribs in the oven and and cut up the other body parts and put them through a meat grinder. He then fed some of those ground-up parts to, to his dogs. That's how she killed her husband, right? Put her through the That's meat That's what grinder. The, some will say. So he fed the body parts to his dogs but then he also mixed it with dog food and made the women eat dog food mixed with the woman's ground up body i would have been killed already because there's no way in hell i would have fucking eaten that shit nope um as a punishment and one of the women um after being released she said if it wasn't for her eating her meaning if if it wasn't for me eating um, Sandra, the woman who died, and, and eating dog food with it, she wouldn't be here today. That she would have been starved and died. So, he forced them to cannibalize um, the woman that they were imprisoned with. So a couple of days later, actually, neighbors complained of a terrible smell to the police, and the police came to investigate. But upon questioning, he said, "I was cooking a roast and I burnt it," and they just said, "Okay," and left. Mm. And that was that. There was nothing else from that. <clears throat> um. After that, he developed new tactics to deal with his prisoners. Uh, he would bribe one of he would bribe each of them into telling on one another. So he would give privileges to one if you would tell me about what the other one's talking about or whatever. Josefina quickly climbing to the top of being the one that would tell on the other women. Um, she actually told him that the others had planned to attack attack him and escape. And as a result of that, he then cuffed each of the victims' hands and feet together. Hung them from a basement beam, gagged them. Like from their feet or their wrists? Yeah, hung them from the the cuffs, gagged them, and then gouged different size screwdrivers into their ears. Oh my god! To make them deaf, so that they could not hear each other or him if he were to come down the stairs. He also started to apply electrocution to all of his captives, except mm. Josevina, who started to aid him in torturing the others. And I, I hate to say I get it, but she, I get it. She was, she was trying to survive. She, she didn't want to be subjected to the torture, so she sided with him. Um, so she did aid him in torturing the others. She also had other privileges um, and apparently became his favorite. And she was actually occasionally allowed upstairs with him hmm. to watch a movie. Um, or to be allowed to be raped in a more comfortable environment like the bedroom. Eventually, really? on yeah, because more you're being fucking raped. No yeah. matter where you're being raped, is she it really comfortable? She probably went along with it, but it's still rape. But um, um, eventually on March nineteenth, nineteen eighty seven, Heidnick took Deborah Dudley, one of the other women, out of the cellar and he to the cellar. I'm sorry, and threw her in that water filled pit and fatally electrocuted her due to her resistance. This was the one that was the more resistant, more feisty. Mm. Um, he got pissed off at her, put her in there, and electrocuted her and killed her. When the other women reported that she was floating face down in the water, he said, good, now I can get back to having a peaceful basement. And that was his, his response to one of the women dying. So, after he and Rivera disposed of her body, he decided he wanted to abduct somebody else to replace her. And he um, talked Josefina into 
um, assisting him in abducting a woman named Agnes Adams to, and to replace her. He wanted to replace the one because he wanted to have his harem. Um, the next day, Rivera convinced Heidnick to let her go temporarily. I guess she had gained enough of trust trust with him. She said she wanted to go visit her family. He trusted her that she would come back. He drove her to a gas station and said that he would wait there for her. She walked a block away. She called 911. Exactly what I would have mm-hmm. been. The resulting, the responding officers noted that her legs and hands were chafed from the chains that mm. had been on her. And they immediately went to the gas station and arrested Gary Heidnick. The police then raided his house and arrested him on the spot. They, it was said that the stench of rot exuding from his house was so strong out his front door that it was hard to bear. They found... But wait, they couldn't smell that when they first went. That Well, it was... Yeah, because it was a week or two before. So by the okay. time that they got there, that time the bodies had decomposed more and mm. the sm- smell was stronger. Um, when they um, raided his house, they found 27 pounds of body parts in his freezer. Wait, what? 27 pounds of body parts in his freezer. 27 pounds? Yeah, of the woman, of Sandra, that okay. he cut up the arms and the legs. I mean, you could figure the legs and the arms are actually a large portion of your weight. Yeah. And he couldn't figure out what to do with that, so the main part that he cooked and and ground up her was head. the torso and her head. Um, and the arms he cut off and the legs he cut off and put in the freezer because he didn't know quite what to do with those. Maybe he was saving them for another meal. I don't know. Oh. I'm all about stocking up the freezer, you know. It's COVID. <laughs> it's COVID. You never know. Um, so, uh, also, um, you know, there was something that I had left out. Did I tell you about his church? No. Hold on. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. (laughs) So, um, sorry guys, I left out that part about his church. So in between when he was, before he started kidnapping people, he incorporated a church called the United, um, Fuck. You know, okay, in October 19th. United Fuck? United oh, Fuck. Okay. Let Let me go to church. Back it up. Beep, beep. For one second. In 1971, he incorporated a church called the United Church of the Ministers of God oh. with only five followers at that time. So he started this church. He started a church, yes. He started the church. Then in 1975, he opened an account under the church's name with Merrill Lynch. The initial deposit was $1,500. He eventually amassed over a half a million dollars, and in 2010, that equated to about $1.2 million. Um, and in 1986, the United Church of the Ministers of God was thriving and wealthy. Um, so then, fast forward back to him being arrested and them raiding his house. So we should start a church. Right, apparently. That's we have the way a minister to go. right here sitting beside right? us. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> So his purported best friend, who's part of the church, Cyril Brown, was also arrested, and Brown was released on $50,000 bail in an agreement that he would testify against Heidnick, in part because Brown admitted to witnessing Sandra Lindsay's death in the basement and Heidnick dismembering her. Um, Shortly after his arrest in 1987, Heidnick attempted to hang himself in jail, you know, again, trying to kill himself, trying to get out of it. Um, you have a question? Well, I, I didn't think it was a crime to witness a death. If you don't... It. Yes, it is. It is. It's not a crime to witness a death that is 
happening like if you see somebody drowning and you don't go save them and you don't and it depends also the state and the municipality this was so murder yes but he actually witnessed murder murder you can be murder. murder and you could be held as an accomplice like you were there and you didn't do something to stop it you I mean well you don't have anything to stop it i don't think because no, but you he, put your own self in danger right but he he witnessed it he didn't was say there. anything to the authorities. He didn't say anything. He witnessed her being killed and murdered. So it is against the law not to report it. Well, apparently in this, where was A this? murder. Yeah, apparently here where this happened in Ohio or wherever he was. I don't know about the current laws here in this state. In well, this but it would be different. The reason why I say that is because in New York that time when that guy got beat to death on the sidewalk, there was people around taking videos of it. But this wasn't thing. just a person standing around. This was his friend. This was his friend. This was his friend. So and it was he, like an acquaintance. he very well may have been part of it, and he pled out with a plea deal to say, I will testify against him and say, I, I saw it happen, but I didn't have anything to do with it. So he probably did have something to do with right. it. I know there was also a case, I don't know if it was here locally, but there was an instance of a man drowning in a pond, and there were some teenagers who witnessed it, and they didn't say anything. And they said, well, that's not a crime. You, you don't have to anything but i think it, in this instance it was different because he very probably was part of it um so he actually was released on fifty thousand dollar bail agreement he would testify uh he and got okay where was that oh yeah gary tried to kill himself again so at heidnick's arraignment and they keep saving him they keep saving him Huh? Oh, from kill killing himself? himself? I know. If I can let him kill himself. You, got, yeah. you got one job. It. You're not doing it very well. You're trying. You're not doing very well. So at his arraignment, he claimed, this is, this is great. This is what he says, what happened. He claimed that the women were already there when he moved in. Wait, what? That's what. He moved into a house that already had women. That there. already had women chained up in the basement. Oh. And so he just kept them there. That was his defense. What, what the fuck? <laughs> What you, that's what that's what you're going with. That's your choice. Okay. Um, at trial, he was defended by Charles Peruto, who attempted to prove that he was legally insane. However, his insanity was successfully rebutted by the prosecution led by Charles Gallagher the third. The fact that he had amassed approximately $550,000 in his bank and brokerage accounts was used against him to argue that he was not insane. Testimony from his Merrill Lynch financial advisor was also used to pr- prove competence. Um, his financial advisor called Heidnick, quote, an astute investor who knew exactly what he was doing. So they were able to use his ability to make wise financial decisions to say he was not insane. He absolutely knew what was going on. No, they were there um, when he moved in. Yeah, no, they're right. So he was convicted of two counts of first-degree murder on July 1st, 1988, and he was sentenced to death and incarcerated at the State Correctional Institution of Pith- at Pittsburgh. Um, and on January 1989, he again attempted suicide with an overdose of his prescribed Thorazine, but it only landed him in a short coma. On April 15, 1997, he was scheduled to be executed by lethal injection at Rockview State Prison in Belafonte, but a last-minute appeal was filed, leading to a hearing to determine his mental competency. He could have been dead already. Yeah, if he had just succeeded in one of these 13 attempts of suicide. Um, So then after two years of legal proceedings in various courts, because the appeals process is lengthy, um, on July 3, 1999, the U.S. District Court for the Eastern District 
of Pennsylvania issued its final ruling clearing the way for Heidnik's execution. So on July 6, 1999, Heidnik was executed by lethal injection. Gagong. Yes, thank God. At the State Correctional Institution in Rockview in Center County, Pennsylvania. Not the entire the man died. Right, and his body was cremated. As of 2020, he is the last person to be executed by the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. They should have dumped him down that fucking well. That he no kidding. Him. And he remains the third of only three people to be executed in Pennsylvania since the resumption of the death penalty. Um, and what is one of the most interesting things about all of it is that it never has come out exactly. Authorities are not quite sure how much his church knew about any of this. His church, his deacons, his hmm. his higher ups, and his and because that his friend was one of the higher ups in the church, and That's he interesting. apparently knew about it. Yes, church member church members continued to run church services out of his house, even after he was convicted. Wow! And it's said that the a man, the man named Tony Brown, helped torture the women. Um, his chilling legacy of successful manipulation trails off into mystery so we're not quite sure who all was involved in it so his victims were there were an unspecified victim and um the the tenant in 1976 that didn't die Mm -hmm. there was the unspecified date in 1978 where alberta the woman that he abducted and raped and sodomized but she was rescued there was Josephine, uh, Josefina Rivera, uh, who was twenty five. Yes, part time yeah, prostitute, prostitute. Right. She she lived. Sandra Lindsay was twenty four and she was murdered. Mm-hmm. Lisa Thomas, age nineteen, she was kidnapped and survived. Deborah Dudley was kidnapped and murdered. Jacqueline Askins was kidnapped and survived. And Agnes Adams, the last one, was kidnapped and actually rescued the very um, next day. Yeah, all the shit they went through, like, I don't know if I'd want to live after that. Like, right? Like, yeah, how do you live after that? The trauma that? of that is horrible. Mm-hmm. Horrible. I just... Oh, yeah, I can imagine. I probably had a lot of therapy. I would have had Hopefully. Bad. But you know what? There's... I don't know if the, what resources there are for... I don't even know, like, if the court pays for stuff like that, and I don't, I don't even know. But that's, so yeah, that's Gary that Heidnick. Money that he fucking got from that damn church. They should, should have been able to recoup for some and of they that. May, yeah. they, may have. they may have, and I just didn't um, right. get that in the story. But yeah, that's Gary Heidnick. That is who um, one of the characters, uh, Buffalo Bill, was based on him and some other murderers. He was brutal. He was uh, featured in the band Skins song Gary Heidnick. I'm going to send you the link to that dad you'd like Hence it. why good. I do not when I do, am on dating sites like it's been a while now but when I am on there I do not meet people at their fucking house. Yeah I mean because he just oh, talked to these right. women. I meet at a public place oh, here's his picture. and I don't go back to their fucking house like no. Look like, here's his picture. He's a handsome guy. And yeah, that's a crappy picture because he was in jail. But he looks but, handsome. But, yeah, handsome. you may not. You may have met him at a bar and been like, hey, you want to go back to my house and have a drink? No. Nope. I mean, not today. Not today. But I could see how women, especially if he was picking he was up. A char- he was charming. Yeah. Yeah, especially picking up women that were just kind of like, I don't care. Let's go. Sure. Um, he would drug their wine. He would somehow get them unconscious, and they would wake up in a fucking locked basement in a goddamn pit. Mm-mm. Well, did you see that movie, The Frozen Ground? Yeah, I did the story on him. Yeah, that, I told you that about that. That girl there, you know, she survived yeah. all that stuff. Of course, she died, but she survived. That, that was the, Alaska's and butcher she baker. Actually got, oh, yeah, she yeah. actually got married and had children yeah. and lives in Texas, I think. Yeah, you, you can saw have that movie because I told you. I just yeah. can't imagine, I can't personally imagine going through this. I just can't. Yep. 
I can't either. So yes, that's our serial killer episode for this week, guys. Thank you for joining my, us. He would have seen my rump roast and said, "I'm eating that shit tonight." <laughs> I'm gonna burn it tonight. Let's say I'm burning. He said, "I'm burning. I burnt my roast." Ooh. We went to the haunted house a few weeks ago. Uh, they said we're going through, and like, it was like wrong turn. That may be wrong turn. And um, not now. Okay. So like we're walking through, and the ladies, they're like. Um, you know, inbred Arkansas people in the movie, right? It's like we're walking through, oh, like... Oh, that's all of Arkansas. Well, the movie's in Arkansas, <laughs> I'm wrong kidding, turn. I'm kidding, yeah. So we're walking through, and the lady's like, Brother, there's a rump roast coming through. And I was like, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my that's God. awesome. Yeah, it was quite comical, so yeah. So thank you for joining us for this episode of Coloring with Cunts. Yes. Mel is finishing up her uh, color page of John Wayne Gacy. I am. So make sure you guys go to Facebook, Instagram... Um, our personal Instagram pages. Mine's Mel Titsworth. Mel Hers Titsworth. is Hell's Bell. Six, if you just six, type in Hell's, Hell's Bell, Bell, you okay. find it. Yeah. Um, and Twitter. And make sure you go to Patreon. Yes. Patreon.com slash Gotham Bougie Podcast. We even picked up other trinkets, which we haven't told our patron members yet, that we are going to send out as surprises to our patrons that we, we picked up in New Orleans at the French Market. So we um, definitely want to show our patrons how much we appreciate them. We're posting lots of exclusive content on our patron page that you only get to see photos and, and stuff like that if you're a patron. If you're not, you ain't paying for it, you, you don't get it. Right, and there's pictures and stuff on there that you don't get to see anywhere else but on our um, Patreon, Patreon. Mm-hmm. and we need to post the picture. Patreon, of, yeah. We need to put our patrons on Patreon. We need to post the picture, the video of you and Brian. We said we were going to post that. I don't think we did. Oh, me saying it's better to rain yeah. hell than to serve in heaven. And I sound, oh my gosh. I'm you like, sound so country. I do. Oh I do. God. Oh my God, y'all. Better to rain in hell than to she serve very in very Texan. Hell, Satan. <laughs> they they prayed for me, though, so I needed that yes, prayer. Yes, they did. They did pray so. for you. So thanks for joining us, guys. Yes. That's all for this week. Stay tuned for next week. We are going to be, oh, it's paranormal next it's week. It's paranormal week. I have a few stories, yep. <clears> and I don't even know what it's about. She'll tell me a little bit. So Yeah, I don't like to. Uh, it's Well, it's, oh, it's New Orleans-based again because I love Ooh. New Orleans. Yep, and it's going to be. Um, focused around a little bit of what Robert and I are going to, where we're going to be staying when we're in New Orleans. I'm excited to hear this. So stay tuned. Y'all come Come back back now, now, you hear? hear?